Well, this is the last week in our Easter series, obviously, and uh, the title has been Easter Through the Women's Eyes, and we've been looking at what we can learn through all the women that were involved in the Easter story, which there were many. So just before I get into it, we've got a short video from Stuart, who's our senior pastor, just to introduce today's message. So if you're ready, go for that. Hello, everyone. It's Easter Sunday the day we celebrate the victory of the resurrection of Jesus. This is the greatest day in the Christian calendar, a day of joy, power, and hope for tomorrow. Again, it is women who are first to the scene to witness the great event. This is the day that marks a brand new era. Jesus, the Son of God, was raised from the dead, bringing defeat to the powers of sin and death and hell. Let us enjoy the liberating truth that this day brings. Have a great day. Thank you, Stuart. When I came in and noticed everyone arriving, the, uh, the more spiritual men among us, I noticed, had white tops on. Uh, there's a few of us. Mostly, it's obviously the color for the season. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, me and you, Derek, spiritual ones. We are, we are. So we're going to look at uh, our passage is Luke chapter 24. If you want to get that up in your Bibles, it will be on the screen as well. But if you would like to look that up, we'll be starting at verse 1. So that is Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 1. And as we go through this story, I'm going to pull out a few things. I really want you to be honest about where you are in this story, in this journey. Where are you in your journey with God? Are you just beginning? Or have you just come here today and you don't know what it's all about? Or have you been doing this quite a long time? I think there's something in this story for all of us that these women really led the way, and I think they can inspire us, no matter how long you've been a Christian, to go on to another level, because there is so much more for us. So let's pray, and, uh, and let's open our hearts to God. Father, I thank you for these brave women that were at the cross, that rushed to the tomb, that witnessed to you. And I thank you that 2,000 years later, we're still honoring them and saying thank you for their witness. And I pray that as we look at this passage, that you would use them to speak to everyone here, to help us be honest where we are with you, and to give us the courage and the strength to move to the next level, the next stage in the journey with you. So come, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Lead us, lead us on, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got a tough act to follow. Jane did a credible job last week, didn't she? Give us a wave, Jane. Yeah, brilliant job last week. So, where do we start? Verse 1, should we do that? Start at verse 1, chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared, and went to the tomb. Now, how many of us just carry on reading at that point? 
without really thinking about what happened. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they went to the tomb. Now, these women were at the cross when the disciples scarpered. The men ran away. They were there. They came on the Sabbath when you weren't supposed to do any work. Women were not recognized in that culture at that time, so they were putting their lives at risk. They were doing a very risky thing, and we can easily miss it. No, we need to be where Jesus is. I don't care what's going to happen to me. I need to be where Jesus is. I'm going to stay at the cross, no matter the danger, no matter the cost. I'm not leaving my Jesus. And I wonder if we have that same determination. Or do we let fear, things in the world, hold us back? Fear of man, fear of criticism, condemnation, things people would say. These women did not care what anyone else thought. It's Jesus, the Son of God. I'm, that's where I'm going. I don't care if my life is at risk. I'm going there because I want to be where he is. So I wonder how you've come here today. Because they went and you have come. Perhaps you were invited. When I first went to church, it was under great duress from my wife. And um, <laughs> I wonder if you've come here because you felt you ought to. But for some of you who have been Christians a long time, I wonder what your expectations are today. As Stuart said, this has got to be one of the most powerful days in the calendar that we celebrate, that Jesus defeated death and he rose again. What an amazing thing for us, an amazing promise. And he said, because I have risen, you too will one day rise just like I did if you give your life to me and follow me. So I wonder what you're expecting today. And I had this phrase that I've written down. I'm going to say it as it came, and this might speak to somebody. We usually get what we expect. If you say you can or you can't, you're right. We usually get what we expect. So can I say, why don't you decide right now, this second... To change your expectations of what God can do in your life here today. And you just might see your expectations coming true. So I want to pray that you have a relationship or a a revelation of Jesus today. And can I say, it's hard for us, but try and ignore what everyone else is doing. This is between you and Jesus right now. So we normally do this at the end of the sermon, but I fail to do this now. If we can have the salvation prayer up on the screen. We do this prayer every week, and this is an opportunity for people who, if you're not sure you're a Christian or not, or God has been doing something in your heart, this is the, uh, the way that you can start that journey towards Jesus. It's a first step, a first decision to say, I actually want to repent of the way I've been living, and I want to turn my life around, and I want to follow Jesus. Now, we do this all together. We all sit together. And uh, can I encourage you to say it with us? In Romans ten nine, it says, 
If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be, you will be saved if you declare that Jesus is Lord. So these amazing people that have done that today and been baptized, they are saved. Their future is secure. Their hope is secure because it's in Jesus and their place in heaven has already been built. How amazing is that? A few smiles at that moment would be good. Is that good news? Let your heart tell your facial. (laughs) That's good news. So let's say this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your grace to forgive me and your love to change me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me for the sin in my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. With your help, I will live my life for you. Amen. Amen. So just close your eyes for a sec. Um, This is a really important moment if you've made this decision uh, for the first time. It's really important that you testify to that. uh, All we're asking is that you raise your hand where you are and put it straight down and we can come and talk to you afterwards and help you on your journey. So while eyes are closed, if you've made that decision and you'd just like to raise your hand just to let us know, could you please do that now? Uh, We'll just acknowledge that and we'll come and see you afterwards to help you on your journey. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Has anyone here made that decision for the first time? And you want to follow Jesus and give your life to him. Now is the time to just put your hand up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can open your eyes now. So moving on to verse 2. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. He is not here, for he is risen. So amazing that they were the first ones there to see all that and experience that. I've been to that tomb a couple of times, and um, it has a sign in the door. Who's been to the garden tomb where most people believe that was the place? (laughs) And uh, isn't it an amazing experience? The gardens there are beautiful. And uh, you come in, and you can just imagine uh, what it was like for these women to arrive and look in the tomb, and he wasn't there, and how that must have felt. I know how I felt, and on the door it says, he is not here, he has risen. Do you know, the fact that we're not jumping up and down and running from this building to tell people, 
I'm not doing it either, says, I haven't fully grasped how powerful that is. I haven't re- I'm not living in that resurrection power because I don't always wake up every morning thinking, I want to tell people about my Jesus. I want to tell them that he has risen, that we should not fear death because there's a life after, because our future is secure, and because he conquered the grave and death, we can live in victory right now. Isn't that good news? Don't you want to be waking up with that revelation? The resurrection power coursing through your veins, going, I'm not going to let this stuff. I'm going to let sin, shame, guilt, condemnation, fear of death, fear of man stop me. I'm going to live my life in the resurrection power of Jesus. Wow. And the fact is, you can do that right now. We can decide to do that. I can decide to live like that because that's what he did. He defeated all these things and sent them to hell. And not only that, he went down there to preach to some of the lost. Did you know that? And he took the keys of death. God is fully in charge of life and death. Amen? Wow, I want to live that. I want that power to course through my veins. There's a song I've been listening to called uh, Prophesy Your Promise. I'd uh, look it up if you like. It's... uh, It's really spoken to me at this time. And these were some of the words. And the lies I once believed, they crumble with the weight of your truth. How many of us still believe in lies? Or little fears or little whispers that stop us doing what we know we should do, what we want to do, what God's saying we should do. And the fear that gripped my heart is arrested so that I can see you. Because those fears will stop us seeing him. I will prophesy your promise. I believe you, God. And fear can go to hell. Oh, yeah. I have many fears in my life that I battle with most days. I want to tell it to go to hell. Because I'm going to prophesy the promise of the resurrection, that he brought life and he promises abundant life for me. I should not fear these things. I can live in that abundance. Shame can go there too. How about that? How many of us feel a bit of shame and guilt about things on a reasonably regular basis? (laughs) Uh, Well, I do. And he's saying, you don't have to do that because I have dealt with all that. I know whose I am. God, I belong to you. How amazing is that? Thank you, Father, that through your death, through Jesus' death and resurrection, you took all our shame. You took all our guilt. There is no more condemnation apart from what we put on ourselves. There is none of that. Our sin was taken upon Jesus. And the fact that he rose, gloriously rose again, means we can live in that power of the resurrection. Don't we all want to live that way? So can I go back to my question, what are you expecting today? What are your expectations? Are your expectations of a a lovely, nice baptism service? And then we'll have my lunch, and I'll sit in the garden and have a barbecue. Well, we're going to do all that. 
But I want to float out of this place. I want to run from this place going, I can't wait to tell somebody. Jesus is alive. He rose on this day, never to die again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be amazed like those women were. I want to be fearless like those women were. Nothing was going to stop them chasing after Jesus. Oh, right. Let's move on. Next bit, verse 9. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women. Gosh, because their words seemed like to them like nonsense. I can just imagine, given how women were viewed in those days, some of the stuff that would have come back. And um, <laughs> I don't even want to think what they would have said. And Peter was probably among them. But they were so excited. Nothing was going to stop them telling them that Jesus is alive. And Peter, I can imagine Peter, going, all right, guys, all right, guys, okay. I know they probably don't know what. They've probably been drinking something, all right? Just, okay, just, I'll go with them, just to keep them happy, okay? I can just imagine, brave Peter, this is before the baptism in the Spirit, went with them, and he saw the empty tomb. Wow. How amazing was that? Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. But the bit I want to mention here is they saw he had risen. Most of you have had an encounter with Jesus in some way. Can we do something with that? More than we're doing, me included? Can we rush from that encounter to tell somebody, to do some, something to love somebody the way Jesus has loved us? Can we be stirred by these women to rush from this place, have your barbecue, yes, sit in the sun, but allow the Holy Spirit to stir you to say, I'm going to tell somebody that Jesus is alive. How do we live in the resurrection power today? When we give somebody hope, when we bless somebody that nobody wants to bless, when we bring healing, when we give a kind word to somebody and, or speak words over a marriage that it comes to life. When you bring life into a situation, you're living in that resurrection power. So have a wonderful time today. <laughs> but with all of me, I want us to be rushing from this place wanting to share about Jesus. That he is alive in me. I have good news to tell you. You wonder how many people around the world, their lives would be changed just if somebody went and said that. Can I tell you about my Jesus? You may not believe it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. He's alive. I have a hope and a future. Amen? So finally, at the end of that chapter... It says, and they all, and they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. Do you know, an encounter with Jesus leads to one thing. Yes, you want to share, is to worship him. If you find yourself just worshiping him, 
or singing, you've had an encounter with Jesus. I went for a prayer time uh, yesterday. I find an empty field somewhere locally, and I have a prayer time on a Saturday. And I was dancing. This doesn't often happen, but I was dancing in the middle of the field, lifting my arms up, spinning round. And even then, when I knew nobody was around, I was going, is anyone around? Anyone looking? Hallelujah. And there was nobody there. How ridiculous is that? I want to be able to do that in the street. And I might look really silly, but I'd rather people came up and say, why are you so happy? Well, let me just tell you. Can I say, what are you expecting today? Because we're going to worship in a minute. And God may have already been speaking to you. But can I say, lift your expectations. If you haven't had an encounter with him that's leading you to worship, can I say, the day isn't over. So that's my challenge. Why don't you raise your expectations of what you were expecting from this service and leave knowing that you've met with Jesus.